Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and we're glad. We thank him for everything that he's doing. Father, we bless your name, O oh God. We know that you are in control. We know completely, hallelujah, of a truth that you are in control. We have no fear. We just trust in you. I ask that you align my lips. Praise God. Let them utter the right words. I pray that my heart will be uh, patterned after yours. Blessed be God. Oh, hallelujah. I yield to the Spirit of God. I pray that the Spirit would help me. Spirit of God, I pray that you help me today, oh God. Assist. Help me, Father. Let me be a tool in your hands, oh Father. Let what I say be what you say. Let what I think be what you think. And I pray that your people be blessed, oh God. I pray that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they might be able to know the hope of your calling. Father, we bless you. We thank you, oh God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, I want to say thank you for coming again today. Um, it's not very easy to, um, in the times that we live in, and in this season where there's so much uh, activities of darkness, um, that you came brings great joy, not just to me, but to the Lord. I want to say thank you again and again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Blessed be God. Now, I'd like to continue from where we stopped um, last um, Monday. But before then, I would like to say a few things because uh, a brother was asking me about the, the, uh, the offsprings from her home. Praise God. Now, sometimes we would have made some mistakes. Sometimes there would have been circumstances that are outside our control. And then sometimes we didn't know better. You know, we would have a wish, we would have um, a plan, you know, uh, we would be hopeful. But sometimes circumstances causes some kind of surprises and the tendency for things not to go the way we would have loved it, you know, uh, would come. Uh, but I need us, and I need you in particular, to trust God, to have faith in God, to trust the Lord, that your offspring, your seed, the Bible says they were mighty on earth, your seed will be mighty on earth. Whatsoever would have caused um, a, a stray, whatsoever would have caused distractions. Right now, in the name that is above every name, in Yeshua's name, we come against it and we decree that, yes, 
these children are heritage from the Lord. And they will be mighty here on earth. Hallelujah. That which the Father has proposed for them, every single one of them, every single child, Hallelujah. Every single child that came from um, a parent here, I pray in the name that is above every name, Satan will not, I repeat, will not, and I pray that you stand in agreement with me, will not take your seed away. Hallelujah. Your seed will flourish in the course of the Lord. They will flourish in the course of the Lord. They will lift up holy hands. They will yet speak mysteries in the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. The Bible says that uh, the Lord knows the thought that he has towards you and towards your children, towards your family. Thoughts of good and not evil. Thoughts that will bring you to an expected end. I decree that it is well with you. I decree that it is well with your children. I decree that it is well with your family, your spouse. I decree that Yeshua, hallelujah, assume lordship position over your house. We plead the blood. We plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I decree, hallelujah, that because of the work that the Lord has done on behalf of your family and because you are a seed of Abraham, then your offspring have no choice, but they too, hallelujah, will follow through. I pray this prayer in the name that is above every name, in Yeshua's name, hallelujah, praise God. It is well, hallelujah, I decree, I say it is well with you. It's well with us, praise God. Amen. Amen. Now you see, um, there are things, um, there's always a cause and an effect. Uh, things don't just happen, okay? Now, if you look at the universe, if you look at the earth, you know, just bear with me, okay? If you look at the earth, you see that there is definitely a realm of the invisible, okay? the realm of the invisible. Now, that realm of the invisible, which is the spiritual realm, is the dimension that governs the physical realm. I, most times I call it the back office. Bless the You know, like I usually use my phone as an example, okay? Now, if you see the phone, this phone is a device, okay? And with this, all right, I could do a whole lot, all right? But there is an engine room. There's a CPU, a central processing unit. There are activities going on. And then there are programs, all right, that have been programmed inside the computer, inside the, the phone. But when you look at the front, okay, you will see different, different applications. And I would call these applications gateways, okay, through which my instructions will be passed to 
the back office and tell the back office what I want to see on the screen. And the back office will go to work. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So I want us to consider that this physical realm is the um, screen, okay? That's where what we see, okay? But behind this physical realm, behind this three-dimensional realm, okay? Hallelujah, is another realm, okay? Which is invisible and it's usually not seen. Now, the fact that it's not seen does not mean that it's not in existence. Actually, that's where most things proceed from. Hallelujah. Now, we need to understand also <coughs> that there was a time when the Father gave authority and gave instructions, gave commandments to beings, okay? Uh, um, I could just take us to um, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, all right? Now, look at from verse 12. <clears throat> it says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places or in the realm of the spirit. Did you see that? Blessed be God. Now, um, Apostle Shaul took time to actually enumerate, you know, these beings. One is principalities. Another is powers. Another is rulers of the darkness. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the rulers of the darkness of this age. What it would tell us is this, that this age, okay, is a season or a dispensation, a time frame, okay? And that time frame is what you call an age, all right? Hallelujah. And it has a beginning and it has an end. What do I mean by that? If we are to play back you know, or go back, um, you know, when Yeshua was uh, commanding his disciples what to do. He told them, he said, Lo, I will be with you even till the end of the age. So which means that there is the end of the age. And in the book of Matthew, Yeshua also said that the end of the age is the harvest. So that means that there is an end to this age. Now, if we look at the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, what does it tell us? It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can you see? 
So there are things that are not seen, but yet we have an evidence that they do exist. Verse 2 tells us that by it, that's by faith, the elders obtain the good report or a good testimony. Verse 3 is where I'm going. It says that by faith, we understand that the worlds or the ages, okay? Uh, the Greek calls it aeons, okay? The ages, okay, were framed or put in, in uh, sequence, you know, uh, you know, like one after the other, okay? And then it now continues and says, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So there are things that we see, but the fact that we see them doesn't mean that they came from this present or this physical realm, okay? But rather, they came from the invisible realm, hallelujah. Praise God. Bless be God. Now look at Colossians. See what Colossians says in chapter 1 and verse 15. It says, he is, talking about our Lord Yeshua, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, By him, all things were created. Things that are in heaven or in the realm of the spirit and things that are on earth in the realm of the physical. In our continuous, it says visible and invisible. Whether there be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. It says all things were created through him and for him. Hallelujah. And he is before or the first of all things. And in him, all things consist. Now, this him and he is none other but the son of God, whose name is Yeshua. Can you see? So there are spirit beings. They are in the realm of the invisible. You can't see them, but their activities are very clear. Praise the Lord. Now, where am I heading to? Just track with me, okay? Now, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 2, or I could say from verse 1. Okay. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. What does it say? Now, it's important for that, that we follow through with this, okay? Because it will help us a lot. It says, and you, has he made a life? who were dead in trespasses and sins before. 
And at that time, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. Did you see? So in the realm of the invisible, okay, there is some place, you know, above, okay? And that place that is above, the Bible calls it the power of the air, okay? It's a location, and it is in that location that these spirits descended to. You know, and it's a place where you and I are destined to be in. Now, if you remember when it talks about uh, the Lord descending, I think that's in Thessalonians, the Lord descending with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, he said that the Lord would descend and we will be caught up or would we will be connected to him in the air. So that means we would have taken back a position in that same geographical location called the air, okay? But before then, Ephesians is telling us that it is that realm, it's from that realm that a connection is made to the souls and the hearts of men, okay? And because of that, and because of those spirits, they kind of churn out or they send out information that touches the heart, the thought realm, the soul of mankind. Oh, man. I dare say that that was where uh, uh, Adam, the first man, used to operate from before he fell. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, if we are to go back to this Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says that we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who walks in the sons of disobedience, amongst whom also verse 3 tells us, we all conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children. I'd like us to, anytime you are studying, anytime you um, are meditating, Look for very key words because the keywords, what the what the keywords stand for, is a place where the writer is trying to point to, is like a high point. Here is telling us that uh, we were by nature. If you go back, you will see it says, amongst whom we all conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. Now, the lust, these are desires 
yearnings of the flesh. Okay. Now, it now says fulfilling. So there are yearnings, and then there's availability of fulfillment. Okay. Or achievements of desires of the flesh. And of the mind. So the mind is very key here. There's another word, desires. Of course, the flesh is there. Lust is there. Now, but if you continue, it will tell you that we were by nature. Now, that word, by nature, what it tells me is that we started or we used to listen to those spirits. How do we connect to them? Through people that they have chosen, usually priests, usually custodians of, of uh, idols, okay? And through um, the oracle or through uh, mediums, the spirits are able to translate and transfer messages. And because those custodians would have at some point struck an, an accord or struck a covenant or a deal with those spirits, the spirits definitely will promise them a whole lot, okay? And give them authority and power over a particular area or jurisdiction or a people. That's why you see in villages, you see like a native doctor, a juju priest, okay? And people would definitely fear. They operate with fear. They bring fear to you and cause you to submit and give up your heart, give up your worship. Now, what they do is that they will always work with people in authority. They work with kings. They work with chieftains. They work with people who have influences over people. It's very easy if you meet with a particular person. For example, in my country, Nigeria, there's a particular tribe that has, um, you know, like a pyramid kind of governmental system in which there's one man on top. Okay, now that man, whatever that man says, every other person down the triangle would never ever question, but rather obey. So you see that if you are maybe like a colonizer, permit me to use that word, you would prefer this group of people because with them, you will spend all your time trying to convince everybody. You will just convince only one man. And once you're able to convince that one man, that one man, because he's powerful, is in a position of authority, he will just issue our decrees and everybody just follows without any questions. Now, that is what usually would happen. All right? And through mediums, the spirits will give instructions to the custodian of that oracle or idol, and everybody in the village systematically will have gotten into submission. Hallelujah. And because of that, you see that they will churn out 
um, guidelines to feasts, festivals, dance steps, songs, complete culture, even up to food, the kind of food you should eat. Now, if you go from place to place, you will see that there are different um, villages and different people groups or tribes, and they have specific kind of meals that appeals to them. The reason is because it all came from instructions from governance spirits. I hope you hear. Praise the Lord. So this is how these spirits are able to gain control. Now, these spirits, if you go back to ancient or go back to your village or go back to maybe ask uh, parents, grandparents, you find out that after a while, the community submit as children of that deity. Why? Because they will have walked and walked and obeyed and obeyed and obeyed. And if, if you'll be surprised that the DNA of the people will be programmed in a particular way. Why? Because of the walk. Now, it is very clear here. It says that we formally used to walk according to the course. That word course is very important because that word course means that they churned out a life, a way of life, all right, that every person has to follow. And it depends on how much and how long you have, they've been able to govern a particular tribe or a group of people. You'll find out that sons, matured sons, people who have fully gained and benefited from those spirits would have had the ideology, the wisdom, the life, the way of life, and sometimes even the nature of those spirits would have been able to transfer into these people. And because of that, they almost act exactly like those spirits. I hope you hear. For example, there are spirits that are sexually oriented. There are also spirits that have wickedness. There are warring spirits, all right? There are spirits that are into pleasures, different kinds of pleasures. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at, let, let, let's look at the book of Daniel. You see, in the book of Daniel, you see um, the Greek civilization, okay? And then look at the Roman civilization. You see that the Greek civilization came with wisdom, okay? And there were a lot of philosophies, reasonings, and things like that. Now, this is because of the spirit that governed the, those areas at that age and at that time. When the Romans came it, came, it was a different thing altogether. Different kind of government, different kind of culture. Usually very ruthless. Hallelujah. Now, all this is because of the governing spirits. That's what I'm trying to say. Praise God. Now, you would want to ask now, why am I going this way? I'm going this way because 
these were things that God put in place before the fall of Adam. Before the fall of Adam. Now, God has put things in place in such a way that parents, families, people group, villages, okay, submit themselves to either fathers or rulers, governors, all right? And if not for the fall, would have been under those spirits. But because the spirits fell with Satan, those spirits began to walk disobedience in the children, okay? Or the people that they were governing over, giving them um, uh, incentives and giving them um, lifestyles, civilizations, way of life, way of living. And as they continue to walk or as they continue to um, follow the guidelines of the spirits, their DNA, all right, their genes are tampered with. And then they would begin to, all right, conform, all right, they will begin to become like, they will be molded by this spirits of disobedience and they would become offsprings of those spirits, okay, that will make them become children, all right, of those spirits. Hallelujah. Let's begin. Look at Romans chapter uh, 12. Okay, I'm tr just trying to build up something. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is Paul or Shaul. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I says, please don't be conformed to this age or this world, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So if it says renewal of your mind, it means your mind had a way it is to reason. But now he's saying that by renew, renewing your mind, by rejecting those um, curriculum, civilization and culture, way of life that these spirits have brought and these spirits reside in the world or in the cosmos, is telling us that we should not allow ourselves to be conformed to this world but rather we should be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can be able to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of the Father. Can you see? Glory, glory. Now, when you tell people to follow the instructions and commandments in the scriptures, 
they see it as burdensome. What they don't understand is that that's where their deliverance lies. Here it says, be not conformed. Now, if we go to, um, uh, let's see, 10, Romans chapter 10. It says that faith comes by hearing. Did you see? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So if Romans chapter 12 is telling us that we should renew our mind, what is telling us is that our mind has been tampered with and we should not submit our bodies. We shouldn't submit ourselves to this world, but rather submit to God. And then not just submit, but begin to renew, okay? Our minds, I hope you hear, by hearing God's word. It's just like what the book of uh, um, Psalms tells us in chapter one. It says, a blessed man is one who does not walk according to the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. Neither does he sit in the seat of the scornful, but in the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. Now, because he meditates in the law of the Lord, day and night, he begins to tamper with his, gen his genetic code or his gene. And because of that meditation, he begins to conform to the tree of life, which is Yeshua, the son of the living God. Let's have you Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Yeshua, the author, did you see? The author, the writer the programmer, and the finisher of our faith or our life, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and now sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. But he says we should look. We should look at the pattern son. I hope I'm not running ahead of myself. What am I trying to come up with? I'm trying to have us zero in on how we can be able to uh, rework and reprogram our genes. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I'm using modern science terminology, okay, to help us understand. You see this phone? I have a lot of applications here. I can delete some of them I don't want. And I can install applications that will help me in what I want to do. If I was a mathematician, if I was a science person, if I was an engineer, I can assure you that the kind of applications I have here, I would have things like AutoCAD, different kinds of AutoCAD. If I was an architect, I will have different kinds of um, 
softwares or applications that will help me with drawings and designs. If I was a, a, a pilot, I would definitely have things that would help me with my flights and all that. The point being that I will have installed things that will help me, okay, in whatsoever it is. If I was a trader or maybe a stock exchange, I would have Bitcoins and all those things. I would have stock exchange uh, uh, applications that will help me with trading. Did you see that? So in like manner, uh, I'm trying to help us see how we can by receiving the commandments of God, which are just applications, we can begin to download and install, all right? Like the fruits of the spirit. I can install it in me, all right? Hallelujah. Uh, like uh, faith, I can install faith. I can install brotherly kindness. I can install uh, virtue. I can install long suffering. I can install brotherly kindness into my body. What it simply would do is it will begin to change the genetic structure of this man, Francis, and I will begin to act in a particular way. I don't know if that makes it clear for him. So when the Bible is telling us, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal, okay, or the reinstalling, by deleting and reinstalling applications that will help me to conform to the nature of God. That's what I'm saying. Now, as I continue and I insist on this way of life, and as I continue to act in a particular way, based, based by the instruction, based on the instructions that govern this person, what it does to me is that it not only tampers with my genes, but causes me to begin to act in a particular way. And when I have children, it will trickle into the children also. Can you see? Now, this is how the Father has set it. Now, I'm hoping that this will help us, okay? Praise the Lord. Now, look at Proverbs chapter 14. From verse 12. What does it say? It says that there is a way that seems right unto a man. It seems right. It's presentable. It might be palatable. It might sound very correct. And another thing is that a lot of people might also have that same mindset. Okay? But it tells us that the end of that particular way is death or separation from God. Some other translations will call it destruction. All right. If you are careful to observe, you will see that there are different people, groups. I'll use maybe like America, for example. One of the best meals 
that excites everybody is the burger, the hamburger, fries. Okay? Fries, hamburger, and a Coke, maybe Sprite. Now, somehow, everybody, at least most of the people, love, you know, the burger and the fries. Now, there is something that is so powerful that will have cost a whole nation, at least a major um, percentage of the people in that nation to begin to fall in love with this. There's Kentucky Fried Chicken, fries and chicken, all right? And many other things like macaroni and cheese, different kinds of meals, all right? There's something about America that has to do with basketball, has to do with, uh, excuse me, football, has to do with uh, baseball, all right? Now, these things are the culture. This is the way of life of people in the US, in the United States. Now, the reason why they are like that is because of governing spirits that tamper with the culture and the people and cause them to reason and act in a particular way. It affects their tongue, how they speak, the kind of dressing and things like that. If you go to the UK, it's different. In the UK, people wear very tight clothes, very smart, and then there's always brisk walking. Why? They have to catch a bus. They have to catch a train. I hope you hear. And there's a whole lot of running every morning, 8 o'clock. People are running to get to, to their place of work. It's a way of life. Did you see? Now, because that is what happens every day, you will see that it has a way of influencing and affecting the mindset of the people. Please, we are going to get to the end of this, okay? Hallelujah. Now, that is the way they do things. Remember, there is a way that seems right. Now, the reason why everybody is doing it because it seems right to them. They like it, okay? But if you are not careful, it might separate you from God because Monday to Friday in the U.S., you are working from 9 to 5. When you come back, you eat, you sit in front of your TV, you watch a show, okay? On Saturday, you probably do your laundries, do your shopping. On Sunday, you go to the uh, baseball or whichever match or whatever it is that you want to do. So at the end of the day, you almost find out that there's no time for God. Why? Because there's baseball season, there's rugby season, there's uh, basketball season, there's hockey season, there's uh, hunting season, there's one season after the other. Now, all these things, when you hear season, it's cyclical. So what it does, all these things, what they do is that they mold you and cause you to become. Okay? Now, that's why it says that those who walk according to the prince and the power of the air become children of disobedience because they have a way of life that is acceptable to them. They are proud of it, and it causes them 
to be separated from the culture and civilization and the way that God has instituted that people should, for example, it is the Sabbath day, the day of worship, the day of rest. People don't do that. People don't have time for them. Why? Because they have a better thing that seems okay for them. Now, look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to speed up a little bit now. Now, this is a person, maybe it's Joshua, that is uh, uh, talking to the children of Israel. If it's not Joshua, it's uh, Moses. He says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. In us says, therefore, choose life so that both you and your descendants may live. This is scary. Okay? Why do I say it's scary? It's a decision that the Lord is presenting to his people. And he's calling for witness. And he says in verse 19, I call heaven and the earth as a witness against you. And then that says, I have set before you life and death. And then he says, blessings and curses. But it continues and says, I am begging you not to choose death, not to choose curses, but rather choose life. Now, when you choose life, now this is father and mother that has been addressed here. It says that both you and your descendants may live. Did you see? So it means that there is an authority, there is a commandment, there is um, instruction that God has given to parents, fathers and mothers, especially fathers. And that instruction is to live a lifestyle. And when you live that lifestyle, it affects and influences your children. That is what we see here. He said, if you choose life, he says, both you and your descendants, both you and your descendants will live. Did you see? Now, look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Train a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Did you see? If you train a child, and I dare say, now I'm not here to uh, 
blame anybody because I have my own problems too. The society, uh, the, the nations have put in structures, okay, that causes fathers and mothers, parents, to be so engaged with things. And because they are so engaged, they don't have enough time to be with their offspring and their children. So what Satan has done is to give you 24 hours television, give you children's program like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, okay? Um, different kinds of terrible programs for young children. Have you noticed that once you put a baby in front of a TV, like Teletubbies now, the child will be so quiet and will be as if in a trance. All reasoning, arrested. Why? Because those who are acting, those who have designed those programs are satanic by nature. And they know what to do that will cause attention of the children. They use colors. They use baby voices. Exciting, chipping kind of sounds. They use music. All right? They make things funny. All that is to attract the attention of the little children. But they are training your children for you. And because they are not making noise, they're not running up and down, you are happy to have them sit in front of the TV, okay, without supervision. You say, oh, it's children's program. No. Someone is actually attacking your children in your home, and you are the one that paid the channel. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So you are so busy at work. Your wife is working, maybe in the bank. You are working in, in um, maybe, um, which company now? Uh, maybe an architectural company or, or in, the, in the building construction company. Or maybe even out in the sea, working. So there's not enough time to spend with the children. Now, before you know what is going on, your children are being trained by someone else. When you now come to your senses, your children have already formed a character. It now becomes warfare. Can you see? But here in Proverbs chapter 22, the Lord is saying that you should train the children, train up your child in the way that he should. So there's a way God expects a child to go. He says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And then he now says that when that child grows old, he will not depart from it. Why? Because he has been on that path. Can you see? Praise the Lord. Look at Psalm 16 and verse 11. This is Yeshua talking. He said, you have shown me the pathway of life. 
For in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, last time I talked about a boast that the father was uh, boasting when it had to do with Abraham. Genesis chapter 18. From verse 17. This is the Lord talking. He says, shall I hide from Abraham? what I am doing, I can't hide from him what I'm doing. I can't hide my plans. Since Abraham has shall surely become a great nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. I know that he will command his children. I know that. He's my partner. I know him. He will command his children and his household after him that they will keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness, justice. And when they do righteousness and justice and are able to preserve the way of the Lord, then I can be able to do what I have planned to do. Did you see? Bless the big girl. Coming back to what we were saying earlier, we all have made some mistakes. Most of us have gone into the rat race. Some of us will have had issues with other spouses. Maybe the father and the mother having issues. The father and mother are busy. Maybe there's distance, really, uh, you know, just one thing or the other. Now, all those things are orchestrated by Satan. That is why we have to be intentional. That's why parents have to be intentional. That's why parents should put down rules and laws, scriptural, not morals. Morals are okay, but speech, uh, scriptural, because scripturals are spirit. They are they, they tamper with genetic codes, just as you know, just casual things. Have you ever noticed if you have a garden, if you don't go and weed your garden, things you never planned for will start growing in it. So there must be that occasional or seasonal or continuous checks in your homes, please bear with me, in your homes, all right? So that at the end of the day, you can be able to have a righteous seed so that you can be able to have children that fear the Lord. Children that have the seed of Christ in them. Recently, I started speaking with my children and some other young people. And I told them, I said, your friends, you trust your friends more than you trust your parents. When you need anything like school fees and uh, things to, you know, clothes and all that food, you come to your parents. But when your parents give you instructions, you, you frown your face and you won't want to follow. But you'll be happy to follow friends. 
Your parents will give you instructions that will help you curtail lawlessness. Learn 
okay, to you must learn and insist on uh, on uh, seeing that your children are for the Lord. You must insist. Look at Joshua chapter 28. Joshua 24, sorry. From verse 15. This is Joshua or Yeshua talking. Not, not Yeshua our Lord, but Yeshua of the Old Testament. He says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. But he continues and says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Did you see? I pray that after today's teaching, Every single one of us would make up our minds. Those of us who have um, already um, married, already have uh, children, you have to make intentional moves, okay, uh, to be friends with your children. I, I, I perceive that it would be better to be more friendly with your children than be a terror to your children. I, I, I would rather. And I, I'm not saying that you should be friends uh, to the detriment of their growth and their development. Because you can be so friendly that your child wants to eat ice cream at 2 a.m., you go buy it for him or her. Or your, your child will want to just do something that is not appropriate. You are so weak, you will just give in. Love is not like that. Love is intentional. Love can be fierce. Uh, your children need correction. You, need, you have to correct them. But you also have to be a friend to your kids. So that your children can be able to give you secrets. They can be able to tell you things that um, they will tell their friends. All right? Instead of telling you, they will prefer to tell their friends because if they tell you, you start screaming and you scream out of control and they don't want to get themselves involved in all that. So they prefer to talk to their friends. And in doing that, you see that they begin to trust each other. And before you know what's going on, you, yeah, you've, yeah, you've lost your seed. It is the battle of seeds. It's the battle of our offspring. And we all must work hard to see that we're able to preserve godly seeds in our homes. If you are yet to marry, this is a good time to begin to position your heart if you're already married and you are yet to have children, this is also a time that you can spend with your spouse to make up your minds how many children, sometimes by inquiring from the Lord, okay? But majorly spending time 
coming to agreement, understanding each other's um, capabilities, and then knowing whether to have a lot or have a few. And if you have a lot, you should spend more time on that. If you have a few, you should also spend enough time to see to it that you don't you don't get to lose your offspring. Remember, it's the battle of offsprings. It's the part battle of seeds, and Satan is doing everything possible to harvest children from your homes. And most of the times, we let him. Why? Because we are so casual. We are not attentive. We are easily deceived by children. Children can deceive you. Sometimes they can, they can act like they are obedient, but they are not. They just want to get you to, to um, throw down your, your guard. When they, when they are very obedient, watch them. When they are disobedient, watch them also. When they are very friendly, watch them. Every which way, because they have friends and they have tricks. They have codes that they speak to one another, which you don't know. Why? Because of your generation. Now, I, I, I think we can stop for today. And if you have any questions, um, I would be happy to um, answer. Um, I would like us to pray. Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We thank you, Father, for your word that has come forth, that as we continue to put and plant the seed of Christ, the Messiah, in our homes, you would help us, so far, to raise godly seed in our homes, in our families. We'll come against every walk of darkness, every plan of the enemy, every trick of the enemy. And we decree and declare that Yeshua, you are Lord of our homes. You are Lord of our families. You are Lord of our marriages. You are Lord of our children. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. In Yeshua's name. Amen. I have my bread. I have my wine. Father, we ask you to bless the bread. You shed, you broke, you allowed your body to be broken, not your bones, but your body. But we say that by his stripes we were healed. So there's healing in the body of the Messiah. We ask you to bless it in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father, for the covenant, for the new and everlasting covenant that represents the blood of our Lord and Savior Yeshua that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We ask that you bless it in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs>